the weather is finally getting warmer. And if you're like me, you might be looking for ways to update your wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune. Enter Quince. I have been a lover of Quince for years. I have trusted them to have me looking effortlessly chic year after year. This spring and summer, I am obsessed with their European linen line. I am going to be living in their tank tops and linen pants all spring and summer. Whether it's blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, whatever you're looking for, Quince has got it. And the best part, all Quince items are 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash BGB for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash BGB to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash BGB. Welcome to the Black Girl Burnout Podcast. Kelly here. And today we have a fantastic episode interview with Tara Nicholas. Tara Nicholas is an actress, a Nike trainer, a Reiki master, a meditation instructor. She is all the things. She's a Washington, D.C. native of Haitian descent who currently resides in Brooklyn. She had her first onstage performance at the age of three, and she's been going ever since. After receiving her B.A. from UPenn, her passion for the arts led her to New York City. You may have seen her in commercials, performing with Beyonce, or acting in episodes of FPI and Godfather of Harlem. In addition to her work in her arts, Tara has built a platform as this wellness instructor. Her approach to wellness is rooted in empowerment with the hope of helping clients find lasting health from the inside out. Her programming has been featured on the Nike Training Club, Netflix, Good Morning America, Blavity, Well and Good, Health Magazine, Self Magazine, Cheddar News, and others. This is truly a special episode. I cannot wait to get into it. You're going to see immediately why. Uh, Tara and I, I feel like I've known her before, and even though we just met for the first time, and we get deep quick, as she even acknowledges, and talk about being first-generation kids of immigrant parents, about her journey to decentering struggle in her life, how it's still an ongoing journey, and how that directly informs how she lives her life today. I don't want to wait any longer. Let's get into today's episode. For a long time, I've been a rider, to running hiders, and I took Hi, Tara. It's so great to have you here with all of us today. We've already been laughing off recording uh, behind the scenes about our curls. We were celebrating the curls. Um, (laughs) So we're having a good curl day, which means this is going to be a great interview. That's how I know. Uh, If my curls, it's like the weather, right? It's Groundhog's Day and my curls. It's like if my curls are behaving... We're going to have a good interview. <laughs> so, Every day my hair has like a different ethnicity. I'm like, what, what are we giving today? Is she mm-hmm. confused? Where are we? Yeah. Got it. Yes. You get out the ancestry.com and you're like, it's 1% this today. Yep. You've shown up. You have shown up. 
<laughs> so happy to have you today. And Tara, you have such a big and bright platform, right? I love watching Black women who are multi-hyphenates in the sense of like, not being restricted to one thing, which I think is our lifelong struggle as people is to be full and expansive. And yet that doesn't happen overnight, right? Mm -hmm. You don't just wake up and go, look at me, I'm doing all these things and I'm successful. There is a lot of internal and external work that has to be done to get there. And so we always start with our guests by asking about how they have kind of opted out of struggle or decentered struggle in their lives. And for you as a creative, I always like asking all women this, but creatives, because like you said, it's hard out here. We said this off camera. It's hard. Like it's not easy to be a creative and a creator. So yeah. how have you kind of went about this process of not centering struggle in order for you to be successful? You know, I think that's a big question and I like love and I'm also like shooketh that it's the first question. <laughs> um, you know, I think that's one, I'll admit that that's going to be an ongoing process because it's, it's how I'm raised. It's my literal ancestry. I'm, I'm Haitian. I'm first generation Haitian. I come from a family that escaped persecution to, to move to the States to provide me a life. And so it's literally in the like threading of everything I know, right? And it's, it became a source of safety, actually, not specifically struggle, but like that grinding hard work, like aggressive approach to like, we got to make it happen because it's life or death. Like I'm raised with, and it's, it's weird because it's never really said, right. But it's this kind of undercurrent of energy of like, we're, we have to work so hard and it's in the work that there's safety. So if you keep moving, if you keep going, that's where the safety is. And I think opting out came from a place of, you know, burnout, which is why it's so apropos that we're here. Uh, it came from a place of health issues and thankfully nothing life-threatening, but certainly life-altering at times, um, which, you know, we can get into later. And so the way that I continuously challenge myself to come out of that is if, if I cannot be well, what is the point? Like if I don't feel well, if, if, and then, you know, now not to make it too heavy too early, but we've lost some close friends recently, whether it's with like health issues that they should never have had so young or dying by suicide, you know? And so it's a very challenging, um, challenging frame of mind to be, but we continue to, I continue to challenge myself to not think that struggle is normal and to not value struggle. And, but when you remove that, then then what is it? Well, is it rest? Is it joy? Is it fun? Is it play? Does that may mean I'm not being productive? Does that mean I can't achieve? Does that mean I won't move forward? Because what got me here was that struggle mentality, that grind, like it's feast or famine because we're all freelancers. So if you don't get the gig, every single gig, then when, you know, January hits, which is also my birthday month, like, you know, it's, there's no gigs. What are you going to do in January? Ah! <laughs> When do you rest? When do you yeah. take time for yourself? What's left when struggle isn't so centered, right? Becomes the kind of uh, the mantra of like, what do you fill it with? And we're, I, you've set us up to, to head there because we're going to get there. But I wanted to rewind a bit. One, yes, this podcast goes deep fast. We got 15 minutes and we like, let's talk about what we're learning. But I wanted to go back to because I think we have a global audience and 
I think there's something to be said. I'm also a first generation American. I have an immigrant parent and my parents from the West Indies as well. And I think that needs to be brought in the room too, that there is a culture when you are a first gen uh, of a parent that's an immigrant, that there is, or parents, plural, that struggle is, is just like that's life, but it's also a pride point when you overcome right? Like the overcoming is the joy and the reward, right? It's not not having sent struggle in the first place. Like that's mm-hmm. just, uh, yeah, that's struggle. But the, the desire, the need to like overcome and the pressures that are often put on us as children to be successful and on Black women to be successful, has mm-hmm. that something you can relate to or speak a little bit more about for our audience? I mean, it gave me goosebumps because of course, you know, like it's wild out here, you know, it's, it's like, I, oh, it's like, okay, where do I even begin? Um, <laughs> but recently I've been speaking to some of my friends who are now married with their first child or multiple children and have like extremely, you know, high, high achieving as far as their pedigree, the, the work they're doing, everything. And they're also taking care of the home and they're taking care of the baby and they're being a wife and they're being, and somehow and they want to make time to work out and they want to eat well. And they also want to, you know, it's like the list goes on and on. And sometimes I look at it and I'm like, I'm not married yet. I, and not everyone wants to, I say that because I want to be married. Um, I don't have children yet. And I want to be a mother. I'm exhausted as I am. How, okay. yeah. how do we do it? And my personal theme has been rest because I think, one of the, you know, blessing in this context seems a little sus, but let's say one of the blessings of quarantine was this realization that I needed to do a huge overall overhaul just because I am in wellness doesn't mean, yes, I have very good habits. I'm very healthy. I actually do live the life I say I do. That doesn't mean I don't still get exhausted. That doesn't mean I don't still um, kind of overlook my needs. So maybe it's as simple as I now don't think of massages as like, oh, you deserve, you had a tough day. It's like I schedule them ahead of time and I may cancel, but I will never get a massage if I don't already have it in the calendar somewhere. And like already I'm calling myself out. September, I did a great job. I booked a lot of things ahead of time. October, there's not one massage booked. And I'm like, oh, October just sprung up on me. But it's like, And again, sure, I could take the time to be like, shame on you. You're supposed to be on top of these things. And it's like, I'm a human being. And now I've remembered. And I'm going to do my best to book these things ahead of time. Because if I already feel this tired at the top of the month, how am I going to feel at the end of the month? Because I can feel the pace picking up. I can feel that it's a mad dash. I'm a creative. I'm an actor. The strikes are about to end. So who knows what's coming in these last little bits of 2023. So I need to be more responsible about taking care of that part of myself. The same way I want to make sure that deliverables for a client, you know, or for one of my partnerships are good. The same way, like I show up as with my partner, I'm newly fianced, you know, it's like, I want to show up for him. Thank you. It's like literally two days ago. Um, (laughs) And you know, how, how, how do I continue to honor all the people I love? And the answer is like by honoring myself. And I think that's been the most challenging realization that I, I can't, I can't save some of my family members who want me to do their emotional work for them. I can't, I can't save, um, 
And I think I'll just leave it at that because that's kind of top of mind, which is why I even bring it up. I have older parents. Um, again, immigrant, there's a lot of expectations of, especially of a black woman, of the youngest in the family, of, you yes. know, of the siblings. Stop what you're doing and care of everybody else. And it's like, actually, I need to prepare my mind, body, soul for this next chapter of my life. I can't. Yes. I mean, I really, like, I can equally relate as a youngest child as, yes, 100% to all of that. And also this, we live in a culture where more is more and we don't understand that that's just not true at some point. Like mm-hmm. everything about our culture and then you put on top of it the responsibilities and the cultural pressures that black women feel is this need to say yes more than say no, is to do more for the culture, do more for my parents, do more for whatever this is, fix societal wrongs. And none of that is wrong. But Mm -hmm. at some point, what I, it's been a long journey for me of unlearning that more has become less for me. Like it actually, there is a point where it's like, there is no more benefit to the more. Black representation in media really is everything. It is the jumping point in which people can see who they could be. If it wasn't for prominent voices like an Oprah Winfrey on my television screen, I would have never thought to pursue podcasting. Well, if you're looking for the next generation of influential Black voices, you need to look no further than NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of Blackness from NPR. It explores distinct, varied, and most importantly, nuanced Black perspectives. And you're going to hear stories about joy and resilience, empowerment, and how people have created world-shifting things out of struggle. Black perspectives haven't always been centered when we're talking about the story of America, but now we are the story. Turn on NPR today and hear the wide range of voices that are as varied and Black as the country we reflect. A story should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR, wherever you get your podcasts. I am just giving from zero, and that's not great. And it might be feeding someone else's soul, but it sure isn't feeding mine. Um, And it has become that. I totally understand. I'm that person too. Oh, I book all my massage. I just say, just go and put it on for the third week because I won't life's busy and things yep. get hard. And exactly. it is that unlearning. But you, you know, you're talking about this unlearning of not centering struggle, which I think every one great thing, the thousands of people listen to this podcast is that they're on that similar journey, which is why it's mm-hmm. always so beautiful to have people acknowledge it, make people feel seen and heard because we don't have these conversations. Some of it's just because it's a little bit like it feels bad to say, I have to center myself the first time to say that to like a family members who've like generationally given everything to their literally their everything, literally everything. It's, I mean, the women in my family are so powerful, so strong, so multi-talented. Almost all of them have not had the opportunity to even explore those talents. You know, mm-hmm. they are talented kind of despite life and society it's because it it just pours out of them they make things at home they like do you know it's for them it's for the family and it's it's I'm so proud of my heritage and I will always be that and I think what I learned I don't know why it makes me emotional it's just I think it's just where I'm at in life right now but like what I learned in the past 10 years specifically is like the American dream is me getting to like pursue my dreams yes yes like that's 
which you, you know, yes. now. <laughs> no, no. First of all, yes. I, I mean, I'm getting emotional in response. I think, you know, one of the things that led me to do what I do is that I come from this strong line of women who were resilient and brilliant and so good at what they did, but couldn't fully express themselves, right? Couldn't do all the things that I get to do. But one of the things I talk with Black women all the time about this is like, they were brilliant and resilient, but I never heard felt joy. Like joy was not in the vocabulary because mm. there just wasn't space for that. And what has kind of started me on my journey to is like this radical rethinking that like the way I honor the legacy of those women who have sacrificed so much for me to be here is by centering joy because they didn't get mm -hmm. to have it. Like I think all the way back to like slavery and all the way back to like Africa, although in Africa before slavery came, they were joyful. Uh, but like this whole thing of like, there's no joy there. Like there may be resilience and there may be look at the culture and look at the things that happened. But mm -hmm. joy was not a conversation we've had as black women. And right. so it's been a mission to it's like the way I reframe that because I like, I hear you, I feel everything you just said, I feel <laughs> it like today, like literally today, I feel it. Mm -hmm. And because it's a lot of my story, too, is that like the way I've tried to make peace with that is by <clears throat> saying, I'm honored. I honor you when I center joy. I mm -hmm. give to you. I live in me in honor of you what you couldn't have or what, you know, it's maybe they passed my grandmother, great grandma, like but you couldn't have. And I model for whoever comes after me that, you know, we could be joy is in the language. It's now I brought that yeah. in the lineage. And that wasn't there before. Exactly. And I mean, talk about powerful healing. You know, I mean, I do a lot of work in the energy world. I'm a Reiki master and do a lot of meditation, meditation instructor. And a lot of what we talk about is the way that a lot of time we think we need to be actively, you know, fixing our family members or ourselves, but it's in our process of healing and discovering and healing our life. Like something as simple as your aura can make a difference in your family's life. You don't have to be like, I discovered that when I was five and you should have, but you didn't. And now look at me, you know, a yeah. lot, I mean, I, I'm, I'm saying there's a time and place, but we actually don't have to over rely on that part of it because we can genuinely trust that our process of healing is healing our family before, you know, family that's to come. Even this process of talking about fibroids, that's something that, I found out I had fibroids a year ago and it really Same. rocked my world in a way that's like odd. Like I was like, Tara, this is not cancer. Like take a breath. But it, it, I think it was because I was like, but this is the most I have taken care of myself in my life. How? When? Like I felt betrayed. I felt like I betrayed, you know, I felt like it was this convoluted thing. And, you know, after like checking in with like different, like, OBGYN, all these different doctors, different opinion, and then talking to all my like woo-woo world, I call them, my holistic world. <laughs> what came up was like, it's an opportunity for more healing. Leave them alone. They're not actually bothering you. Even though they're quite significant, they're not bothering you. Leave them alone. It's an opportunity to heal and like release a lot of generational uh, suffering and cords and all these different things that we don't need to bring into the next generation is what a lot of this is about. You know, I know I feel like a turn into woo woo world, but that's where I live. <laughs> no, it's all right. You can live there. It's all right to live there. And I agree. <laughs> like, I think, you know, you know, I once someone told me that the reason why 
diabetes is such a prevalent thing in the black community is because black people haven't known a lot of sweetness in life. And oh. I thought that hit my soul. I was Ooh, like, that gave me goosebumps. Right. I'm wow. like, that is a whole world word right there. And so I do feel the same way we have. It's an epidemic. Also have fibroids. Um, yeah. Everybody I know that is black woman that is doing things has some yeah. kind of uh, issue with the reproductive organs. Like just it's a given. And I it always is like, I think it was my body telling me you need a moment. Like, stop it. Because now I'm at the point where I'm like, I just build my work month around my cycle because my cycle comes and it says, you're sitting down. I don't know why you continue to want to get up and do stuff. Like, look at you. Like, I'm, you know, (laughs) bent over trying to do a podcast interview. No, no, no. Like, (laughs) no, no, no. Just stop. And and in that pause, like you said, once you decenter struggle, you know, what is left? And that's like, I, I really, you know, we're going to come back and we're going to talk about what's left, right? Because it's like, we're going to talk about how you built your platform. I want to hear how you've done it, how you're centering joy, right? Because it's like these realizations and these powerful moments that give us where we go next. Mm -hmm. We've paused. What do we fill it with after we've paused? So we'll be back with Tara. This has been so good. This conversation so good. I can't wait to come back and continue us talking a little bit more about how you created this platform and how you are in the pause, filling it up with goodness. So that's it for today's episode. Here are a few ways where you can support this podcast. First things first, if you haven't, subscribe and follow the podcast. We're streaming on all major platforms. That's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, just to name a few. Subscribe and get each new episode as it drops. Secondly, subscribe to the newsletter. We have a monthly newsletter that is chock full of goodness and updates, as well as first access to all the giveaways we do here at Black Girl Burnout. Are you following us on our socials? If not, what are you waiting for? You can find us on Instagram and TikTok at Black Girl Burnout and on Twitter at BLK Girl Burnout. Last but not least, make our day and leave a review. Your five stars truly give me and the team so much energy and we appreciate you so much. Until we speak next, take care of yourself and take care of each other. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.